Hello, forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Tori. And this is episode 10 of Calling the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. Woo! <laughs> so this time around, we do have another quiz, except for we were starting to run out of what exactly we're going to do quizzes for. Before we would do quizzes based off of just like things that related to whatever chapters we read or maybe if it was relating to the movies if we were reviewing a movie this week but uh yeah we're running out of ideas (laughs) so Tori pulled this quiz off of BuzzFeed and it's titled this is the hardest would you rather quiz for Twilight fans and it's only like a few questions long so we're like okay it's fine so let's get to the quiz okay so the first question is would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf well, that's self-explanatory. <laughs> I think it's going to be a vampire. vampire. Oh, this one has uh, percentages after every option. So 74 people, 74 people, <laughs> 74% of people agree with us. They'd like to be vampires. Good. 26% of people would be a werewolf. Good. I'm glad we all agree. <laughs> uh, next is, would you rather be a member of the Cullen family or the Yuli pack? I think that's obvious. I really was like, I almost went through the whole Uli, Yuli. I was just about to say, I don't want to join if I can't properly say the name. That, that's true. That's a good, well, I mean, we both said vampire as our Yuli. So I'm going to choose the Cullen family as my option or answer. Oh, that one had 80% who chose that answer compared to 20% for the Yuli pack. Uli, Yuli. All right. Would you rather hang out with Rosalie or Alice? I think I know what your answer is. I do love Rosalie, but like, we're just going to stare at each other. Um, I think I'm going to check. I'm going to pick Rosalie just to see. I feel like most people said Alice though. Yep. All right. 78% said Alice and 22% said Rosalie. It's not that Rosalie is a bad person. I just wouldn't know what to do. (laughs) What do you say to her? I feel like she'd get angry no matter what it was okay next would you rather date edward or jacob i like how this is the same photo that they used for um would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf at the top <laughs> i didn't even notice that <laughs> i would definitely pick edward <laughs> i'm just i have just one goal of like vampire, vampire vampire that's all we want that's all we want oh this one has like a more Pretty even. Yeah. 55% to Edward and mm-hmm. 45% to Jacob. Hmm. It seems the team Edward, team Jacob is still going strong. All right. Would you rather attend Bella and Edward's wedding or a party at the Cullen house? The wedding is so pretty. I was like, I picked the wedding. Didn't they have a grad party at the Cullen house at, like later on? Maybe. I don't remember. We'll see. But if it, the party is anything like Bella's birthday party, I would not want to go to the party at the Cullen house. So It seems I, scary. What do I talk to a bunch of vampires about? <laughs> so I would pick uh, the wedding as well. <laughs> that one's like a pretty almost even split too. So the wedding got 53% and the house party got 47%. Would you rather save Bella and Edward's relationship or Bella and Jacob's? There is no Bella and Jacob's relationship. <laughs> so Bella and Edward. If they mean like Bella and Jacob's relationship as in their friendship. <laughs> and... I don't care about that. Either. <laughs> Bella and Edward it is. Yeah, 76% of people agreed with us while 24% of people believe that 
Bella and Jacob should be saved. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> Next. Would you rather be friends with Jessica or Angela? This is a no-brainer, Angela. See, it depends. Movie Jessica, sure. Book Jessica, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I think I just want to be Anna Kendrick's friend. Um, But Angela is pretty, pretty good all throughout, either in the book or in the movie. So I'll pick Angela. Oh, that one's almost an even split, too. Yep, Angela earned that 55%. Jessica got 45%. Pretty split. Mm-hmm. Would you rather name your child Renezme? Which I don't know why for some reason that's, I mean, it's not a real word, but like it does, it looks way off now. Um, or EJ, Edward Jacob. EJ is not even bad, but Edward Jacob is terrible. I don't understand where that, obviously Renesme came from the first name, or the names of the moms, Bella's uh, mom and her mom-in-law, but where, where does Edward Jacob come in? I think that was the baby's name if it was going to be a boy. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But I don't know. I think maybe I made that up. No, you might be right. I just, it, that doesn't make sense that, like, for the girl, Bella would pick, never mind. <laughs> I get it. It might be controversial, but I'm going to say Renesme because the thought of a child named Edward Jacob bothers me. <laughs> I mean, being nicknamed EJ is, like, fine. But then when somebody That's, like, is, like, cute. they, like, do roll and they're, like, Edward Jacob Jacob Colin. <laughs> The longer I stare at Renesmee, though, the more it's not a word. So I feel like I'm going to have to pick EJ for my own sanity. <laughs> That's fair. I get it. Oh, that one's almost an even split, too. I can't believe that people would pick Renesmee. I'm shocked. I thought I was the only one. Renesmee got 53% and EJ got 47%. Uh, next is, which Cullen sibling would you most want to date? And the options are Edward, Rosalie, Jasper, Alice, and Emmett. Mm bisexual panic over Alice and Emmett I'm like going through it I'm like doing mini pros and cons list for each person I'm like oh well but then and then I think I'm gonna pick Emmett I'm stressing because I'm like you're having a time Alice is perfect in like every way but (laughs) Emmett is also just like he just I don't know how to explain literally um I think I'm gonna pick Alice just because just because. What? <gasps> oh, that's so sad. Rosalie got the lowest percentage, which is six. That's shocking. Edward me. got the most, which is 40. I'm like, y'all, y'all seen how he acts. Why you want that? <laughs> 30% of people want Jasper over Rosalie. Excuse me? At least Emmett's like, that's not even dead center. That's just, <laughs> he's just the middle option. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that 40% would want to choose Edward as the Cullen sibling they'd most want to date, but still. If Carlisle was an option, even though he's not a no, sibling. Oh, you know. You we already know. We already Carlisle. know what my answer would be. Um, Next. Would you rather play baseball with the Cullens or ride a motorcycle with Jacob? Baseball! Man. I know I want to say baseball, but like I can't play baseball. But I also can't ride a motorcycle unless they mean right in the back. But even riding on the back of a motorcycle is scary. So I'm gonna pick baseball. <laughs> I could be like the Empire, kind of like Esme was. <gasps> what? More people want to ride the motorcycle? I wouldn't want to ride the motorcycle. Uh, that one got 51, and then the baseball game got 49. What the fuck? Next question is pick an iconic quote. 
So there's hold on tight spider monkey. Uh, aren't people from Arizona supposed to be like really tan? <laughs> you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness monster. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. I guess the wolf's out the bag and I'm the world's most dangerous predator. Aren't people from Arizona supposed to be like really tan? <laughs> I just love the way she says that. So I gotta go for that. I'm trying to remember when I guess the wolf's out the bag came from. Oh, I think Quill says that, or I don't remember which one. Mm. Ever one of the wolf boys. Bella finds out that. No, I think it's when Paul phases, and he's like, "Oh well, guess the wolf's out of the bag." Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Hmm. I think I'm gonna pick. You nicknamed my daughter after the longest monster. <laughs> she just gets so angry. <laughs> oh, agree with you. Yeah, thirty-one percent. Thirteen percent of people agreed with me. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Finally, pick a Twilight movie: Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part One or Two. Twilight. <laughs> Twilight. I can't. Not- and yeah, 30% of people agree with us. Good. I'm glad that everyone agrees that New Moon is the last option on the list. Yes, terrible. I'm surprised that... Hmm. I like how it goes Twilight as the number one pick, and then the second one is the last movie, but then Breaking Dawn Part 1 is like closer towards the bottom. <laughs> they saw that animatronic baby and they went, hell no. <laughs> no that terrifying. That baby is literally a demon. <laughs> Uh, well, unlike these other quizzes that we've done in the past few weeks, this one doesn't actually have like a, this is who you are. We're kind of just competing against, or not competing, but comparing our results to other people who have taken this quiz. Was it the hardest quiz ever? Um, not until the which Colin person, <laughs> which Colin sibling would you want to date? That was pretty difficult. I don't know why that put me in a panic, but I was like, oh no. <laughs> I'm still not completely confident with my answer. I'm still like, but I could have chose. <laughs> and then I could have chose. So for this episode of Cullen the Shots, we have read chapters one through 10 of Eclipse. And kind of like we keep saying, I totally forgot like what happened in this book. <laughs> I literally do not remember anything. It's like everyone knows like Twilight is the beginning of the story. New Moon is more of Jacob's portion of this plus a little bit of Edward and then Eclipse is like a continuation of that but for some reason when we got to the first few chapters for this book I was like I don't know what is gonna happen and um yeah (laughs) so we can get started um the first chapter is called Ultimatum and our story starts with a handwritten letter from Jacob to Bella ever since they had their last meeting when Jacob basically ratted Bella out by telling Charlie about the whole motorcycles and then um also Bella alluding that she plans on becoming a vampire in the near future. The two haven't really spoken or seen each other since. Bella was still grounded at this point and she wouldn't even be allowed to go see Jacob anyway. So their friendship kind of took a turn for the worse. 
um, at some point they have dinner and Charlie brings up college acceptance letters and also announces that Bella is now ungrounded, but only on the condition that she spends this new freedom for free time with her school friends. Um, and more importantly with Jacob, because we all know how much Charlie favors Jacob over Edward. <laughs> Um, when Bella hears this, she does get a little defensive, both because of the accusation that she doesn't spend time with her school friends, and also that um, she knows that both Bella and Edward are going to try and go to the same college together, but if she were to say that to her dad, her dad would get pretty upset. Um, so there's that. And then Edward arrives during his allotted visitation time, since technically Bella is still on close watch at this point and the two pretend to fill out more college applications Woo! <laughs> charlie's basically like okay bella you have free time now please see your other friends and bella's like but i do see my other friends i'm like no you don't <laughs> that's a lie bella you're lying all you ever see is edward even after your visitation time <laughs> somewhere in between charlie tells bella of his concerns um through there was just like a surge of deaths and missing missing people from the seattle area and edward later discloses to bella that it's probably the workings of a vampire judging both by how sloppy the like attacks are and then also the fact that the bodies are just like not being hidden well um but this doesn't stop bella from her eagerness to still want to become a quote monster like Edward and the rest of the Cullens um, and she also talks about how she dislikes how serious Edward is about them going to college after graduating high school and she later brings up wanting to see Jacob in a last minute effort to fix their friendship but Edward continues to shut it down on the premise that he believes that the werewolf boys are simply too dangerous and that's how that chapter ends. <laughs> Any notes? This is the chapter that I realized my heart was going to be broken because oh. Charlie was no longer Charlie. <gasps> I just, he's not the same anymore. Also, I want to know, why can he all of a sudden no longer take care of himself? He lived without Bella for how long and now he can't even work a microwave or make spaghetti noodles? Yeah. I was thinking about how uh, when we were talking about the book for new moon you discussed or you brought up how new moon bella is not the same as twilight bella and i was trying to gauge if that was the same case for eclipse bella um uh, but you're right charlie i was like who is this man <laughs> it, uh, yeah i really do not know and throughout the book they keep saying like oh these charlie-esque tam temper tantrums when does that man ever throw a tantrum never except for in this book i guess yeah <laughs> Except for an eclipse, that's when he throws all the tantrums. Yeah, he was just bothering me a little bit in this. He wants Bella to make a college decision. Like right now, he's pestering her to make a decision, but she just got her first acceptance. What decision do you want her to make, sir? I was trying to justify like this weird change. Like maybe he's depressed because his best friend just died and his daughter ran off. But no, as it goes on, it's just... I think. Stephanie Meyer, I think we have a problem. I think we figured out our problem. I also tried to justify it as like, I guess Charlie just being so done with Edward's shit <laughs> that he's like just constantly in a bad mood whenever he's around, um, which he it, like, you'll see that as we go throughout the rest of the chapters, but I don't know. He just, 
doesn't seem like the same person that we all know. No, the Charlie we know and love would never be so gleeful over his daughter's pain. He's gone. He's left us in in New Moon. (laughs) Are there any other notes? Um, The only other thing that I really put down for this chapter is that I noted that Angela and Ben sit with the Collins and Bella at lunch. And I have a lot of feelings about Ben. I think he's a very special boy. I love him. But <laughs> we'll get more into that later. He's like sitting at the at the table with the Collins reading a comic book. I love him. <laughs> but we'll get more into my love for Ben. I think Ben's going to replace Charlie. I need a new hero. He's, I love him. I need a new fav- favorite boy. <laughs> I really do. Ben might be it. So we can move on to chapter two, which is titled Evasion. So Bella announces to her lunch table of her newly granted freedom and attempts to make plans with Angela and Alice. Um, But then Alice suddenly spaces out because she was having a vision and Bella can't seem to figure out or find time during school to ask Edward what's going on. So that kind of makes her like really, really anxious and on edge for some reason. Um, But after school, the two of them meaning like Bella and Edward, they get a jump start on their homework. And Bella remembers that she has an email from her mom, Renee, that she still has to answer. So as Bella's typing her email response to her mom, Edward overreads the contents of the email and reminds her that she still has um, plane tickets or her birthday gift from Esme and Carlisle, uh, which were plane tickets to specifically go see Renee in Florida. And at first Bella's like, I don't know if I really want to go. But then she starts to consider using it um, so that she can kind of try to get her mom on her side if she were to talk about um, or just like show her mom how serious of a relationship Bella and Edward has. So there's that. But Edward uses this opportunity after dinner to bring it up with Charlie that there are these plane tickets to go see Renee. But then Charlie ends up blowing up and is like not having it. He's just like really angry by the idea of Edward going with Bella to go see her mom. And I'm like, what? How? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but Bella ends up feeding this fire by claiming that she'll end up moving out because Charlie's like, well, you're under my house. It's my rules, blah, blah, blah. So Bella leaves the house for a little bit to calm down, but she ends up getting more stressed out because Edward continues to stop Bella from attempting to go see Jake. <laughs> um, he even goes as far as breaking down Bella's car so that she can't drive to La Push, which I was like, boy, <laughs> what the hell? And he claims that it's like he's just trying to protect her, but it still to me reads more of like Edward being like a little overprotective and kind of possessive over her. Uh, and that's how that chapter ends. <laughs> Man, I was so heated when I got to the part of Edward like dismantling Bella's car so she couldn't leave. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sir, are you allowed to do that? Are you are you okay, man? You don't seem okay. I also put down why is everything happening this weekend? So Bella tried to make plans with Alice and Angela that weekend, but that weekend also happens to be prom, the senior prom, even though neither of them are going. And then back at the Swan residence, whenever they were having dinner, Charlie was talking about having a playoff party at their place that same weekend. And then Edward also brings up flying to Florida that same weekend. I'm like, so many things are happening this weekend. And I know the weekend is obviously like Saturday and Sunday. And then if you can squeeze it in Friday too, but I was like, there are too many things happening this weekend. (laughs) Gotta put it all in in a short period of time. 
You just have too many things to do. Oh yeah, there was a point where Bella finally admits that she needs therapy. I was like, oh. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is the thing that you finally realize you need therapy, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Third book in and you finally realize that maybe I was like, yes, <laughs> there we go, finally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how that chapter went. Do you have any notes? Um, There's just a little mention of Edward... Uh, suggests that he can help Mike fix his car Mm -hmm. and Alice says you know maybe you should have Rosalie help you learn how to fix that car I just think it's so awesome that Rosalie is the like mechanic and can Mm -hmm. put together a car better than Edward I don't know that just gives me (laughs) satisfaction but they were also like maybe that wouldn't really work out because Rosalie's technically not supposed to be here so Edward couldn't be like oh yeah my sister could fix it because she's barely in college right now but there's another thing that they say when talking about the werewolves and their transition from like human to wolves it says Mm -hmm. In that instant, when they shift from one form to the other, they don't really even exist. The future can't hold them. What does that mean? (laughs) The future can't hold them. Wow, that's so deep. I mean, they're like not one thing and they're like not even the other. They are just like non-existent. The future (laughs) can't. I feel like you could say the same. It sounds like you could say the same about like when humans turn into vampires. There's just like one instance where they're not a being anymore. Yeah, like what does that even mean? I think they just tried to fit in like a really thought-provoking quote in there and then that's what it ended up being. I also think they were trying to reason why Alice couldn't see the wolves, but still. Well, that's supposed to be deep. The only other thing I have is in Renee's email when she's talking about what she's been up to, she says that she went parachuting or something like that and Bella's very upset that Phil let her do this and she says, I would have taken better care of her. I know her so much better. And I just think that's very weird. No, I know what you mean. I was kind of holding off on the Renee stuff because I was like, Tori's going to have a lot to say when it comes to that. (laughs) No, it just, it makes me so feel very like concerned and uncomfortable that in Bella's relationship with her mom, like she is the parent, not the parent. (laughs) And I'm just like, that's so weird. But yeah, there's going to be more of that whenever they finally do get to see Renee though. Yep. Mm. So we'll get to that. And then we get to chapter three, which is titled Motives. So plot twist, uh, Bella and Edward do end up going to Florida and it starts with them returning to Forks, but it's revealed that Renee's actually not that excited about Bella's budding romance. Overall, Renee ends up being really concerned saying that um, the relationship between Bella and Edward seems very protective, at least from Edward's point of view. And then on Bella's side, it seems more like drawn to Edward, almost like a magnet. Um, but Renee also says that she didn't realize like how serious the two of them were. So there's that too. And then when Bella and Edward get back to the Swan House, Charlie tells Bella that Jacob's been calling nonstop and asks if she'd call him back. Uh, in the middle of this update from Charlie, though, Edward calls or Jacob calls the house and Bella answers. All he asks her though is if she's going to be at school the next morning and then he hangs up uh, and Bella's like, okay, why did you call just to tell me that? But the following morning at school in the parking lot, Jacob ends up being there and Edward asks Bella if she would stay in the car while he deals with Jacob and obviously she wasn't going to do that. So she gets out of the car and there is where Jacob confronts Edward and asks him if he knows anything about the recent happenings. 
what are these recent happenings? Um, turns out he didn't tell Bella anything. And later during English, Edward reveals that Alice's vision from earlier the previous week was actually that Victoria had come back to Forks um, to attempt to attack Bella. And there was like a minor altercation between Emmett and Paul because one of them thought that the other crossed the treaty line. And so that made everyone really tense and stuff. And meanwhile, the rest of the school was really caught up more in the face-off between Edward and Jacob and a few of Bella's classmates end up trying to bet to see who would win in the face-off and that's how that chapter goes. <laughs> I put the way that they described Renee was like interesting. Oh oh I think it's yeah Edward says that Bella's mom has a very interesting mind almost childlike but very insightful. She sees things differently than other people. I'm like insightful what? <laughs> yeah what does that mean? I, it was weird that they're trying to make her seem like this like I don't know intuitive all-knowing mother who's just a little bit dippy because she's you know spiritual and in tune girl that's <laughs> not it you're dumb no that is definitely not what it is yeah it says most of the time Renee was so bewildered by her own life that she didn't notice much else like if you were to describe Renee that's it <laughs> she only cares about herself for the most that's part. just a fancy way to say that she's selfish <laughs> like she's not deep she's selfish She's just selfish. Um, I'm still not quite sure how the hell did Edward make it through his whole trip in Florida. Yeah, I don't buy that. That doesn't make any sense. Because even if he did pretend like he had some term paper so he could stay inside during the day, how did he get out of the airport? How did he drive in the car? And I highly doubt that Renee just let him sit inside when the sun was out the entire time. Mm -hmm. I don't buy it. That whole trip doesn't make any sense. I don't think that he would have been stupid enough to even suggest going there because that puts him at risk. Yeah, that's Very out of character, done. Edward Cullen. I don't buy it. Miss Stephanie, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Stephanie, explain. Of them going to Florida did not really make much sense to me because of those reasons that you mentioned. There weren't actually that many notes, mostly just me being annoyed at Renee and then still being like, how the hell did they get to Florida? I still don't get it. <laughs> I'm sure they flew JetBlue. I'm go. sure they did. Even though I don't think JetBlue goes to, yeah, I don't know if it goes down to Florida since it's a little more south. <laughs> but yeah, that's how that went. Do you have anything else for chapter three? Something that I noticed when you were talking about um, the classmates placing bets on who's going to win the fight between Edward and Jacob, my boy Ben standing hard for his boy Edward. He like, Mike has to put his hand on his shoulder because Ben's about to go fight. He's like, I'm ready to go protect Edward. I will beat y'all up. He's like, there's just something about Edward. I know that boy could win. I love him. I can't believe Ben is Edward's biggest fan. He really is fangirl he's gonna become my best friend my best friend we're gonna go to the movies together speaking of edward this chapter confirms that he can fly a plane so you're telling me that edward can fly a plane and alice cullen cannot fly a plane and they're all out here flying jet blue <laughs> honestly actually out of all the cullen kids that could fly a plane since rosalie can put together a car i'm like rosalie's gonna fly the plane i believe rosalie can do anything I think Rosalie can do anything too, honestly. She just has that aura, <laughs> that all-encompassing aura. I did notice something strange. Mm -hmm. um, the use of the word dumpster with a capital D is uh, <laughs> a very prevalent throughout this book. <laughs> Twice on uh, one page in this chapter. Ooh, what page? Do you remember? 
83 dumpster i was like is dumpster a brand or something no <laughs> why did she capitalize dumpster charlie would have thrown my bike in a dumpster and possibly set that dumpster on fire like why i don't know i don't know i didn't realize that it was a proper noun so we had some darkly in the first one we had some russet, russet. in the second one now i guess we got dumpster dumpster <laughs> dumpster Oh, don't worry, guys. Russet does come back, I think, like, once. Though, oh, boy, this, I can't wait. In this section of the book, but... That's uh, a chapter. <laughs> no, that was a good, that was a good one. <laughs> okay, so after chapter three, we have chapter four, which is titled Nature. And Bella's worries <laughs> continue to manifest since... Um, Victoria still hasn't been captured or killed yet and Bella's still really upset that she is in the state of being really vulnerable um, and still very much human and she can't fully accept the concept of marriage yet even if it is to Edward so she's just like having a time because she's like I would like to be a vampire but Edward's like we can only do that if you marry me and she's like but I can't do that and <laughs> just back and forth. Bella forces Edward to go hunting with Jasper and Emmett for the weekend to help him feed on something that's much better than what whatever they end up finding closer to home. So in his absence, Bella ends up getting really lonely, um, but mostly because she realizes that she has abandonment issues, which <laughs> I'm glad she acknowledges that. Although she hasn't told Edward, um, although I'm sure Edward no knows or knows and realizes that when she gets called off of work Bella doesn't really know how she's gonna spend her time since Edward isn't there to occupy it until she sees a wolf flyer and that triggers the idea that she can openly visit Jacob while Edward is away and I'm like run Bella run so Bella and Jacob meet again in person after a long time apart but the reunion is bittersweet because Jacob is still mad at Edward and doesn't understand most of Bella's reasons for taking him back. Um, the two of them talk about the incident, but this time from Jacob's point of view. And the story is still the same, but with uh, more detail. So the the incident being the fact that Victoria had come back to Forks, but Jacob never, or Edward never told Bella about it. The two of them still aren't really seeing eye to eye, but Bella acknowledges that she still cares for Jacob really much. And she doesn't regret visiting him, even though she also acknowledges that Edward would probably get really mad once he finds out. And um, yeah, that's kind of how that chapter ends. It's like, Edward's gone and Bella's really sad. And then she's like, wait, I can go see Jacob. And then she does that, but then they argue the whole time. So um, my only notes for this. Oh, I put down, so Jacob contemplates like all the what ifs surrounding the whole cliff jumping thing that happened in New Moon. Um, and I said that it was a little bit selfish of him to bring it up, but at the same time, I'm like, I get it. Like Jacob is annoyed that that kind of kickstarted the whole reason that Edward would end up coming back. Whereas if Bella had just waited for him, honestly, I think now that I think about it, because of the whole werewolves can't be seen by through Alice's visions, like I think the outcome would still be the same. Yeah, probably. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Alice would still see Bella jumping and wouldn't see her come out. Um, the other note that I had was, oh, I didn't realize that there was a point that Sam would also get mad at Bella. Like I totally that did not know that was a thing that happened yeah I completely forgot about that too I was like Sam cares about Bella to that point to that extent that he would get mad at her for taking the Cullens back okay yeah I want to know why the pack 
as a whole, it seems, doesn't really seem to care about catching Victoria so much as being better than the Collins. Jacob literally said the big one and the calm one wanted permission to cross the line to go after her, but of course we said no. Why would you say no? Like the Collins are like, please, we're trying to catch Victoria. And they're like, nah, not on our no, land, no. buddy. And it's because they were having the scuffle that Victoria was able to like, you know, escape <laughs> and evade all of them. But yeah, it's just like the beginnings of how petty. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that the that Edward acknowledges the fact that they would have gotten them if the Collins didn't accidentally step in the wolves' way. Like, he can admit that, but Jacob would never admit that. Jacob could literally be the entire reason everything fell apart, and he'd be like, if it wasn't for your bloodsucker, I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> so blame him! <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling bloodsuckers. If it wasn't for your meddling bloodsuckers and you dumb Virgo. Oh, there's some more casual capital dumpster in this chapter too on uh, page 98. Ooh. Lots of dumpsters. Oh, I love that each book has its own counter for weird words. We're up to four four capital dumpsters so far. <laughs> um, Bella, do you mind throwing these flyers in a dumpster on the way out? <laughs> the dumpster was around the side of the Newtons next to the employees or next to where we employees are supposed to park. Wow, it really is. The dumpster, dumpster is a proper noun. I didn't If someone realize. could tell me why this is, please. I didn't realize dumpster was a proper noun. I don't, I just want to know what she means by this. It's so ominous. It's like the name of a monster. The dumpster. Maybe my derby name, the dumpster. Um, I think the only other thing I have is that Jacob is such a hypocrite because he's all, it's not the same thing. I didn't choose to be like this. But do you think Edward chose to be like this? And he also likens to Bella and Edward to an eagle trying to kiss a fish. But are you not an eagle too, sir? You're a werewolf. Thank you for because they would be like, well, what if the fish doesn't know what? She's like, maybe the fish was trying to kiss it back. <laughs> maybe the fish has feelings for both the eagles. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. It's rubbed yeah. me the wrong way. What a hypocrite. <laughs> Ah, they're so childish. <laughs> they're really, really childish. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I get he's 16, but... I forget that. Well, I, I know. Sometimes I have to remind myself, like, of course he's being petty. He's a 16-year-old boy. Like, mm -hmm. I can't expect him to be super mature, but also, this is a book. Grow up. Grow up, Jacob. Stop being petty bitch. <laughs> So after chapter four, we have chapter five, which is titled Imprint. And to avoid talking about Edward while Jacob's present, Jacob informs Bella of some of the updates in the pack, like Quill finally joining the rest of the wolf boys, as well as some history about the rebirth of the wolves. Um, so he explains how Sam didn't really have much guidance when he first turned and how it was actually the fathers of all the rest of the wolf boys who ended up having to help him understand how the whole trans was going and um, just know what the heck's going on. Jacob also explains the concept of imprinting and how it works. It's similar to falling in love at first sight, but he says that so far it's only happened with Paul and Jared. Forget I said the word Paul. <laughs> Replace it with Sam. 
In Paul's situation, though, it's a little bit more tragic because prior to imprinting on Emily, he actually was in love with Leah Clearwater. And it was just like by chance that he ended up imprinting on Emily, who happens to be Leah's cousin. And Paul attributes his pain and suffering that he had ended up going through towards the Cullens because it was because they returned to Forks that kickstarted the whole wolf transformations. Um, later, Bella and Jacob reminisce once more about their time together before, like when Edward had first left Bella and how simple of a time it was. And then Jacob makes his usual harsh comments towards Edward, which strikes a nerve with Bella and she threatens to go back home. But she eventually calms down and she lets Jacob know that she'll be back soon, whatever that means. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how the chapter goes. For my notes, I put down that Jacob reveals with the wolf faces that he actually doesn't age. And that just really pisses Bella off because just Bella has this whole thing about aging which uh, bothers her and then I also said how this chapter is where they do the whole popular quote but I'm a werewolf and he's a vampire and then Bella's like and I'm a Virgo I'm a Virgo I'm a Virgo we can tell I had completely forgotten that Emily and Leah were cousins and that like Sam was the little wedge that came in between them and that Leah is gonna be a bridesmaid that's so sad it's such a tragic love story it really because is. Sam and Jared I guess I was just thinking about Paul a lot this chapter <laughs> Sam and Jared were the only ones so far who had imprinted Sam is just really mad at the Collins because the Collins indirectly ruined his love story <laughs> which I understand but it also says that once he saw Emily, it literally didn't matter anymore. He didn't care. Like, Leah didn't matter. So why is he that pressed about it? It did say something about... I can't remember if it was Emily or Leah who tried to um, like fix the problem or make amends, but one of them did. It's still sad, though. Your ex-girlfriend that you did care a lot about at some point being the bridesmaid for your current lover. That's like, that's something. <laughs> That sure is something. The only other thing I really had for this chapter um, was Jacob talking about how physically he's about 25 or so. So mm -hmm. Bella doesn't have to worry about being older than him for another seven years. But buddy, she's not worrying about being older than you. She's worrying about being older than Edward. <laughs> he's already way older than you. You're 16. And Bella's like, all oh, you damn mythical creatures not aging. <laughs> Why does she keep calling them mythical creatures? They're not myths at this point. They're in front of you, girly. They're yeah, they're creatures. <laughs> they're just they're creatures. literally just creatures. I was like shocked to see that quote in there. Um, I like read it when we were reading through the chapters, and I went, "Oh, the quote!" No, <laughs> the quote. Do you have anything else for chapter five? Mm, no, I think that's it. I'm good. Okie dokie. So after chapter five is chapter six, which is titled Switzerland. And Bella actually drives over to Angela's and on her way ends up worrying that Edward's followed her. So she's like mentally preparing for whatever punishment um, awaits her since she went to go see Jacob. But Bella ends up making it to Angela's and one piece and ends up starting to help Angela with her graduation invite. But midway, Angela notices that Bella's a little bit on edge and she kind of tries to ask her about it um but Bella is kind of worried about talking about her problems because she's like how do I talk about what's going on without including the vampire portion and the werewolves but luckily Angela was able to deduce one of the issues being 
the fact that Edward might be jealous towards Jacob. For a moment, Bella regrets not being able to bond more with her human friends like Angela, but she also explains that it might not even be possible to start that now because eventually Bella plans on being a vampire. And that would make it really hard to continue any of her human friendships. And I'm like, well, I guess it's good you don't really have that many human friends now. <laughs> it just makes this whole transition a little easier. Um, but after all the invitation work, Bella heads home and tells Charlie that she ended up going to La Push to see Jacob. So when Bella is finished with dinner and the remaining chore, she excuses herself to her room and guess who's waiting for her? Mr. Edward, who actually is not very happy with her at the moment and I wonder why. <laughs> Edward explains that he left the hunting trip early and they ended up getting into another argument over the wolves and Bella's safety and then Edward has to leave the following weekend because he has to make up for the missing hunting trip and Bella tries to use that opportunity to attempt to see Jacob again but this time her plans are ruined because Alice drives over to retrieve Bella for the weekend in Edward's absence. So Bella and the rest of the Cullen girls end up having a sleepover, but Bella's really on edge because she knows that she's being held hostage, which I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, she asks Alice if she could use the phone to call Jacob and explain that Bella's just not going to be available for the weekend. But while Bella is calling Jacob, Alice notifies Edward since she knows that Bella's been communicating with Jacob and Bella gets really mad when she learns of this and she ends up going to bed feeling really irritated. The only note I taught I wrote down was um I said, "Ah, yes, the one time Bella wants to act like a human." <laughs> Referring to Bella just being like, "I wish I could talk to my human friends about human problems." And I'm like, "Well, now you want to be a human. Now you want to be a human. <laughs> the thought of the vampire slumber party makes me so happy because Bella says that it seems like she was working off like a list or something that she got off of like a bad sitcom. And I'm just picturing mm -hmm. her watching like that sleepover movie or like Lizzie McGuire <laughs> or something yeah. studying like sleepover. I, I love that. <laughs> also why is alice not allowed to drive the porsche that edward is giving her for holding bella hostage in forks I... they know that the cullens are weird rich people why is alice not allowed to drive her little porsche it's almost like rosalie's allowed to drive her bmw and there's a mercedes and a volvo but the porsche is where we draw the line this bright yellow ash Porsche, and they're like, nah, you can't drive that here. <laughs> oh, poor Alice. She's also like, Bella, please, I want this Porsche. Honestly, she's like, just calm down. I really need this car. I love it. I really need this car, please, Bella. And I love that in it, they explicitly say that when he goes to kiss Angela, he has to pull down to her height. Like he, he has to pull her down to his height, short cane. So it's confirmed that he's a short, loves comic books, loves Kung Fu movies, and will defend Edward to the death. I love it. <laughs> short King. Let's short go king. short King. <laughs> because how tall is Angela? I don't know. Because he's taller than her. I can't believe they took Ben away from us in the movies. <laughs> I, we deserve Ben. We deserved Ben. They replaced him with Eric. <laughs> and the only thing I have for this chapter is Bella's always talking to Jacob so negatively about the Collins. She's like, yeah, they're holding me hostage. I'm getting tortured. Like, girly, I thought you didn't want him to hate them. 
like, please don't hate my vampire boyfriend, but he's holding me hostage and not letting me go outside. And I can't talk to you because if I talk to you, he's going to hate me. Oh yeah. Like if you don't want your best friend to think your boyfriend is a terrible person, maybe you shouldn't say that he's holding you hostage. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) And that's all I have on that. (laughs) I don't have much notes for this, so (laughs) I guess we can move on to chapter seven if you're good. Yep, I'm good. Okay, so now we're at chapter seven, which is titled Unhappy Ending. And so while Bella's attempting to fall asleep in Edward's room, Rosalie asks if she can enter the room so she can talk to her. And at first, Rosalie apologizes first for constantly being hostile towards Bella. And she also takes that opportunity to tell Bella of her origin story. Yay! Basically, what happened to Rosalie is that she was stuck in this loveless and toxic relationship and was later attacked by her former partner and others. They left her for dead but luckily Carlisle was there so he found her and rescued her and um afterwards she ended up being turned into a vampire and then Rosalie went on a rampage killing her attackers from that horrid experience that she endured which I'm like right on (laughs) um Rosalie also used this storytelling experience to hopefully try to convince Sabella that she should live her human life um just because Rosalie understands what human experiences she lost and plus she was never given the reason or given the option to choose if she wanted to be a vampire or remain as a human after this story time, Bella has a hard time sleeping and a nightmare puts her in a bad mood the following morning. On the way to school, she spends her morning classes in despair over missing Edward until Jacob suddenly shows up at the school unannounced to take Bella away without Alice being able to intervene. Um, so Jacob asks Bella what she would like to do in her brief moment of freedom and both of them feeling the rush and excitement of being able to escape. She says they can do anything and that's how that chapter ends. <laughs> It's mostly just Rosalie's origin story and then like Bella gets rescued by Jacob for the day. The end. (laughs) That's how that chapter goes. I love this chapter. I love hearing all of the like origin stories of the vampires. I would read entire books of just the backstories (laughs) of the characters. I would too. It's unfortunate that Rosalie had to be like attacked by her former partner, but like she got her revenge. (laughs) she did in a wedding dress too an icon very dramatic and theatrical about the whole experience but it does talk about how when rosalie was still human she was like the most beautiful girl (laughs) there was it was unfortunate though that her parents like use that in order to socially climb they're like our daughter's so beautiful we can just have her marry a rich man and then we'll be set and i'm like damn (laughs) that's a hard life but then again rosalie was also pretty vain in her own sense which, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's fine. Um, do you have anything else for chapter seven? Um, in this chapter, when she's talking about, um, she mentions that she saved Emmett mm-hmm. um, from a grizzly bear. And it's because he reminded her of her friend Vera's little son. Mm-hmm. And a little baby was the only thing that she really wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason she's so upset that she's a vampire because she never gets to have the the family growing old together and babies and grandkids. And it's so mm. sad. This is going to be a weird question, but like, couldn't they just adopt a child? <laughs> I mean, I guess they could. I thought about that too, but. Why don't they foster a child? Like, yeah, fostering a child, you take care of them until the child gets adopted. Yeah. I feel Although like I feel like. Should. I feel like Rosalie would be like, you know, hesitant to give up 
her baby. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was like, well, wait, there's an option though. They yeah. could foster a child. This entire chapter is just so sad. There's a part two after she gets attacked by her husband and Carlisle finds her and bites her and is going to change her. He moves her to his house, I guess. And she thinks that he's taking her there to hurt her more. And I was like, oh my God, that's so sad. I couldn't imagine how scary that would be. Also, it's mentioned that, so at that time when Rosalie meets the Cullens at that point, which would have been Carlisle, Esme, and Edward, Edward was passing off as Esme's brother. Yeah, that made me think how much, how many different family dynamics have they had throughout their time together my mom became my sister became my cousin became my sister became my mom (laughs) that's a good question like how do you really feel like Esme is your mother figure if she wasn't your mother figure the whole time she was your sister Mm -hmm. for part of it where and it's not like any of them aged so (laughs) just that I think Rosalie really is one of the only people in this entire series that has any sort of clue as to what's going on she's really the only one that's like Bella maybe you should think about this she's like you're too young to know what you want 10-15 years maybe it'll all change and Bella's like yeah okay girl I was gonna say Rosalie talks about how she's like one of the clean vampires because she's never she's killed people but she's never drank human blood so that was the point that I remembered I'm like go Rosalie oh yeah it's almost as clean as Carlisle's and Bella's like what do you mean almost she's like I killed five people. Well, seven, actually. <laughs> but you never drank their blood, so nope. <laughs> she's so clean. Yeah. What an icon. What was the point that you were going to finish before I was like, oh yeah, I remembered my thought. Just that whenever I was younger, I definitely thought that Rosalie was just kind of a hater and she was being a bitch. But as a 25-year-old woman now, if I had at 18 years old changed into a vampire to be with the person I was with then... I would have regretted my entire, entire life. Entire eternity. I we keep saying this every time Bella like gets into a mood about growing up or like aging. I'm like, you, there's so much <laughs> that you haven't experienced, and like yeah. not being able to do so as a human, like. you just you can't replicate it when you're not a human (laughs) yeah this chapter pushed rosalie to the top of my favorites she's pretty close to the top now what an icon one of the most common sense vampires yeah she really is so smart i love her chapter eight is titled temper and bella and 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 jacob end up taking a walk on their the beach again They later would take the motorcycles out for a ride, and while spending that time together, Jacob informs Bella of more updates from the pack, and this time, Quill has imprinted on a baby, specifically a (laughs) two-year-old. Jacob explains that imprinting doesn't automatically mean it's a romantic relationship and that these special bonds range depending on the ages, so it can be portrayed as like a protective relationship or a familiar one or, of course, a romantic relationship. Uh, Later, (laughs) the two argue again about the whole werewolf-vampire treaty, and um, Jacob says that the Cullens aren't allowed to kill or change any human as part of the treaty, regardless of the location. Because at first Bella was like, well, we'll just leave Forks and then it'll be fine. And Jacob's like, no, 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 that's not how the treaty works. So when Bella reveals that she's only planning to stay for 
as a human for a number of weeks as opposed to years. Jacob is furious after hearing this and they have yet another disagreement. So Bella leaves again and she returns to the Colin house. Alice is a tad bit worried that Edward's gonna get mad and take away her precious Porsche, which I'm like, oh, oh Alice, you're just trying your best. <laughs> and um, after sleeping for a brief moment, Bella wakes up and in Edward's arms. The two talk for a little bit and Edward ends up apologizing for his prejudice against the werewolves and he explains that he's going to work on it and also trust Bella's judgment more. And that's how that chapter ends. <laughs> Why did Stephanie Meyer have Quill imprint on a, a two-year-old? Listen, when I was younger, I thought it was weird but I didn't fully understand because she tries to play it off to make it seem like it's normal. She explains that this toddler is going to be the most looked after little girl in the world. And then when she needs a friend, she'll have the best friend. And then when the time comes, she'll be just as happy as Sam and Emily. Ma'am, that's, you just described grooming. You just described how Quill is going to groom this child. Yeah, it made me very uncomfortable. How how did that pop into her head that she was like, you know who's going to make a really great partner for Quill? Claire, a two-year-old. Why did that need to be part of the story, Stephanie? We could have lived without it. <laughs> I wonder it. if part of that was because she was trying to foreshadow what would happen in Breaking Dawn. Or was she like, here's this random situation i put together and then as she was writing breaking dawn goes you know what would really get the fans i'm sure it was foreshadowing but also why did we have to include what is being foreshadowed anyway what made you think of this oh but yeah the imprinting thing is a little bit of a problem yeah the only other thing i really have is jacob is kind of weirded out about the whole imprinting thing and he's like it's another one of those legend things i wonder when we're gonna stop being surprised that they're all true why are you surprised that they're true at all you're a fucking werewolf and you're surprised that any other little part of the legend is why would they lie about that hey guys we're being serious about you being werewolves but we just totally made up the imprinting <laughs> thing not like this has never happened before like it happened to your grandfather jacob so of course of course you should definitely expect the rest of the things to also occur this time around are you dumb or are you just stupid jacob are you dumb or are you just like stupid <laughs> yeah that just overshadowed anything else that happened in this chapter i'm just it's a baby a literal i guess baby. the only small part i could add is that so when bella first goes to the cullen house for the girls sleepover there's actually a bed in edward's room where there wasn't before because the vampires don't sleep so they only had the bed for bella but bella's like really uncomfortable about it so she's been sleeping on edward's couch the whole time i don't get that why why is she so pissy and stubborn just sleep on the fucking bed it would be a waste not to especially because they got it i was gonna say She's always so pissed about like, I don't want Edward to waste his money on me. And then he spends money and you're going to put it to waste. It just don't make sense. So when Edward comes back and Bella wakes up in his arms, they're like laying together on the couch. But then at one point, Edward's like, so what's wrong with the bed? <laughs> Like, nothing's wrong with it. Even though there was definitely something wrong, not wrong with the bed, but just like the idea that there was a bed. She's like, I can't, I can't. It's like a big black metal rose encrusted bed frame too. It's very bizarre. It, nothing ever makes sense in this book. And they also point out the fact that his walls are gold, his carpet is gold, and his bedspread is gold. So everything in this room is just... I'm picturing like a mustardy shade of gold and it's disgusting. 
So chapter nine is titled Target. And um, the next morning, Alice takes Bella to school as if Edward were still away on his hunting trip. And after school, Bella ends up heading home and Charlie lets her know that Jacob called again and he really wants to apologize. But at this point, Bella is still really mad at Jacob for how he acted. So she's really hesitant to make amends of him. She starts doing house chores instead of calling Jacob right away. But slowly, she notices that a few of her clothes are missing and certain items seem to have moved. At first, she suspects that Alice might have moved things when she went to retrieve Bella's pajamas for the sleepover, but it still seemed a bit weird. And before she even has enough time to contemplate it more, Edward shows up to take her to the Colin house for an emergency meeting. And it turns out there was an intruder earlier that morning, but they didn't end up bothering Charlie while they were doing their snooping. But this puts the whole group at a loss because they can't figure out who it was. So later, Bella gets over her frustrations towards Jacob and she calls him back to let him know he's been forgiven. But during the call, Edward asks if he can speak to Jacob and the two discuss the possibility of meeting to figure out this intruder slash Victoria is still on the loose problem uh and that's how that chapter ends charlie lost all love i had for him in this chapter to tell <laughs> if my father said to me because i didn't want to talk to my friend that's not very attractive behavior bella forgiveness is divine i would go <laughs> also he can't take care of himself again the laundry's piling up like he can't do it he's all excited that bella and edward are fighting that's not my charlie <laughs> who is this man he would never be so happy that his daughter if is charlie vain. were to say that to me like the whole forgiveness is divine thing i would have been like jacob said that he'd rather me have me dead <laughs> like tell him the truth of what Jacob said but it's not like Bella was actually going to say that a cab not not Charlie's not this clue to this time a cab Charlie and Twilight and New Moon salvageable after that no <laughs> all Charlie's are bastards <laughs> that's good that's a good one is there anything else for this chapter um she also says that sh she's slowly realizing that vampires are so much more of a big deal in the human world than she thought but literally at the beginning of the book edward says you'd be surprised how many human things happen in your news that are the result of vampires ma'am it took you nine chapters <laughs> to figure out what your boyfriend told you on chapter one i mean realistically it's only been like two weeks <laughs> Because so much happens in such a small amount of time. It's like it takes a fortnight to process through her head. And then she's like, oh, hold on. It seems to me that vampires are causing havoc all the time. <laughs> so now we move on to our final chapter for this section, which is chapter 10, and it's titled Scent. So Jacob heads over to the Swan House in order to get a whiff of whoever or whatever was in Bella's room. And when that's done, he sticks around a little longer to help Bella with the dishes. And it's at that point that Jacob starts to ask Bella a few questions about her relationship with Edward, <laughs> which I was like, that's weird. <laughs> And he um, also asks again about how long Bella has as a human. Bella's responses leave Jacob feeling angry again. And as a result, he ends up actually cutting himself with the knife he was helping clean off. And Bella doesn't handle the injury well and struggles to help clean up while also trying not to faint from the blood. Um, and then after that's all cleaned up, Jacob asks Bella if she'd like to go to La Push for a bonfire gathering to catch up with the rest of the werewolf pack. And at first she declines because she knows that Edward would be worried, but she does tell Jacob eventually that she'll ask for permission. And later, Edward drops by after Jacob's left and ends up coaxing out of her the question of being allowed to go to La Push to hang out at the bonfire. And Bella says that she was afraid to ask first because she just didn't know if Edward would say 
she could go but edward's like no it's okay <laughs> he reasons that um the pack of wolves would be able to protect her for those few hours um and then bella ends up riding or plans on riding her motorcycle to jacobs but edward only allows her to do that if she can ride just part of the way if she wears a helmet and a riding jacket which is what edward buys her he also buys a motorcycle too but bella's like no 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 <laughs> um anyway edward drives her to the treaty line and then jacob picks her up to go the rest of the way and then that's how that chapter ends <laughs> okay so he explains obviously we knew this but he explains to bella that when he phases from a wolf to a human he has to carry his shorts to mm -hmm. then put them on mm -hmm. so when he runs from his house to bella's house is there a point where he's just standing naked outside her door before he gets his shorts on. I didn't think about he literally comes into Bella's house only wearing his shorts, not wearing shoes, and not wearing a shirt either. And he has like a little string tied around his leg. I don't even know how that would, how the heck is he gonna tie it? The string doesn't change form whenever he changes to a wolf. Like wolves don't have fingers. How is he gonna tie? His yeah, shorts? how's that supposed to work? Bella said that Edward doesn't have fangs. How do they bite people? <laughs> Are all of their teeth venomous? They just go, ah. <laughs> do they have specific venomous teeth? They don't have fangs. That's where the venom is usually held. Honestly, I don't know. And we can't compare this to like the movie because when Bella gets like bitten by James, it's just like regular teeth. Teeth mark, I so guess. I guess just they just have regular ass teeth and just all of their teeth have venom. Maybe. I guess so. I guess that's just how these vampires work. I need answers. This is gonna bother me. How? How? Plot twist: Their tongue the has the venom. Wait a second. But when Bella and Edward are making out, how does that? <laughs> Literally, that's what I'm saying. What if he like accidentally bites her tongue? Is she gonna like turn into a vampire? That's a good question. I don't know. Right? I know. I was sitting there like, wait, because Bella's like, Jake, you know he doesn't have fangs. I didn't know he doesn't have fangs. <laughs> I've never seen his mouth. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why would Jacob know that he doesn't have fangs? Is he his orthodontist or something? <laughs> Imagine just being in like a meadow and all of a sudden this huge group of wolves comes and all of a sudden there's just like 12 naked boys around you. That's terrifying. <laughs> Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's a logistical problem. Yeah. I feel like werewolves should just come with clothes automatically on them. That reminds me of the meme where it's like, if a dog wore pants, would it look like, would it be vertical or horizontal? Exactly. Why doesn't their, their clothes should just be able to change too? I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really... This is, none of this makes any sense. Werewolves exist. I think stretchy pants can exist. Speaking of, why do they wear denim jeans? <laughs> why don't they wear stretchy pants? Jacob's complaining. He's like, do you know how hard it is to carry denim in your mouth? No. Then why don't you wear some basketball shorts, you weirdo? Like, what if they wore those like basketball tearaway pants? Exactly. <laughs> Just button them up on the side that's fast you just whoop. <laughs> or they should make pants made out of that material that those shirts were made out of in the early 2000s that like oh, stretched to like mm -hmm. eight times their size 
then when they turn into wolves, they'll just have their pants on them. Dang. Man, could and you differentiate them? I don't think there are female wolves, aren't there? I don't know. So. Imagine if there were female wolves. That would be even harder to. Exactly. Well, uh, you could very quickly put a dress on. <laughs> so, just... do none of them wear underwear then? Because that seems very uncomfortable if they're wearing shorts, like denim shorts. I was going to say, not just any shorts, denim shorts. Who has the time to button those? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, why did she not just give them some stretchy pants? I don't know. So many questions. Oh yeah, another question. They're like, oh no, all of these killings in Seattle can't be from just one newborn vampire. It must be an army. But who's creating them? Oh, it's definitely not the person that you're chasing or anything. It's like not even a thought in their mind that it could potentially be Victoria. It strikes me as even odder that they didn't think to send one of the Cullens or two of the Cullens to scope it out in Seattle. Like, exactly. it's not like that's far they went to northern california to deal with the wolf with the fucking mountain lions on their hunting trip how hard is it for them to go from forks to seattle which another question they say they're having a mountain lion problem but they're endangered so where's the problem they are the problem the problem is that there's not enough of them <laughs> the problem is that the cullens keep eating all the mountain lions that's why they're endangered edward needs a new fave <laughs> maybe he can get gri- grizzly bears like Emmett. <laughs> i don't think i have any questions i'm good i'm good for this chapter i think the only thing that i have left is um so obviously edward found out that bella's been riding motorcycles with jacob it just made me laugh that edward also bought a motorcycle too but when bella saw it she was like oh no 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 (laughs) i would have felt some type of way if i was edward i'm like oh okay you don't want to ride a motorcycle with me i bought this motorcycle so i could ride it with you i guess i i guess i'm not good enough to ride motorcycles with he's like i get it this is just a you and jacob thing (laughs) I'd be better. I'd be like, mm, I get it. <laughs> He's better than me. He like actually seems understanding about all this stuff. I'd be like, mm, so you like to ride motorcycles with Jacob. Mm. <laughs> so you never want to ride motorcycles with me. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts from just this section of the book? Hmm. Other than Charlie not being the same Charlie that we knew. Honestly, this book in and of itself adds nothing to the story, but I feel like it would have been so good if Jacob wasn't in it. Like if this entire book had just been like Edward and Bella rebuilding their relationship and dealing with vampire things, that would have been fine. Jacob just makes it. (laughs) I was annoyed during reading New Moon, but I think this might be my least favorite so far. Ooh. It just seems so unnecessary, you know? It really feels like at this point she was writing it because she had signed a contract for four books (laughs) and she was trying to get her ideas out. It didn't feel like, you know, she had her ideas. It doesn't it doesn't seem like she had the whole um the whole plot line intact. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like maybe she had like where she was gonna go to the end but she wasn't quite sure how she's gonna get there in the middle so she just made something up <laughs> she said let's put some of these and some of these <laughs> a little bit of yeah. these besides rosalie's backstory nothing that was said 
in these 10 chapters has really attributed to the story at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I feel like it's taken away from any sort of character development. I think it leaves you like questioning more things. Like you read the portions of this section that we just read through and you're like, wait, but I thought this happened. (laughs) like it just makes you more confused but not in a way that you're like oh okay like it's because we're gonna figure this no it's just like she's just confusing us at this point (laughs) yeah and obviously charlie's not the same charlie but i really don't believe bella would be acting the way she is like defying edward i don't think she would be doing that whether she should or not i think she would be obeying him 100 percent. not like sneaking out to go hang out in the push i think it seems so uncharacteristic. I feel like Bella would do what Edward said. Bella, Eclipse Bella is like a different version of all the Bellas again. <laughs> They're not all the same. And I just think it's so ridiculous, especially that if she's so concerned about dying and a vampire coming to kill her, that marrying Edward is the one thing standing in her way. I really don't believe that Renee's weird ideology that she pushed onto her as a child is the thing holding her back when she's not even going to see Renee when she's a vampire. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's also like, she already knows that she wants to be with Edward forever. So like, even if they weren't married, like, it's not like the marriage takes away from the relationship, I don't think. Yeah, like, it literally says she's afraid of Renee judging her, but you don't plan on seeing Renee. You don't even have, she doesn't have to know that you're getting married if you didn't want. I think everybody's just acting so out of character. Something went wrong in the, in the little melting pot when they were putting this together. Ben and Rosalie are the only ones heroes of my heart even Alice seems a little off too (laughs) yeah honestly I was like what you're supposed to be defying Edward why are you letting him (laughs) why are you letting him have his way (laughs) yeah I don't think Rosalie would be like oh you want to call Jacob well I'm gonna have to tell Edward about that yeah like like I get that that's her brother and she's got an alliance to him but I don't think she's so up his ass that she needs to tell him every little detail. Mm-hmm. Especially when she knows that he's being a drama queen. Yeah, Everybody's it, it does say like, that. Oh, being overboard. Then why do you, are you indulging him? <laughs> she really wanted that Porsche. <laughs> she, I mean, I get it. But it's also like, Alice, you can just get your own. <laughs> Yeah, why doesn't she? If I were Alice and Edward were going to threaten to take away my Porsche, I would have been like, fine, I'll just get my own. Honestly, do it. I would have been like, do it, I'll buy two. No. (laughs) See, and that would be Alice characteristic, but exactly whatever's been going on in this first portion of Eclipse, I'm like, who are you? What happened? (laughs) So in conclusion, I think we have uh, decided that or realized that a lot of the characters are not acting the way that they should be based off of our prior book knowledge. (laughs) and um yeah a lot of things are starting to happen again and I'm like this adding to the story (laughs) or detracting from it and we seem to think it's detracting from it that's for sure are there any other final notes that you have Tori um nope I think I've got all my thoughts out okay yeah so um, that's basically how reading the first third of the book has gone so far it's um before it used to be like oh man I gotta read again but now I'm just getting frustrated and annoyed over all the characters or like the storyline as we read through these portions (laughs) um we're gonna get through the second third of the book for the next episode which 
I have no idea what chapters those are going to be. Tori and I are going to figure it out after this recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a time. We're going to find out what happens next in our next episode of Calling the Shots. But that being said, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Remember that you can tune in every other Monday as we fall right back to our Twilight obsession like it's 2008 again. You can find Calling the Shots on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms. Come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkly personalities. Bye! Bye.